the Bodybuilding Dietitians podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today for what is now episode 103. And as always, you are joined by your hosts, Tiara and Jack. Now, before we get into today's episode, we just want to remind you as always that if you do enjoy these podcasts, please feel free to tell your family and friends about them. Take a screenshot, post it to your Instagram stories. If you are listening on the iTunes podcast app, we would also greatly appreciate if you could please leave us a rating and potentially write us a review. And if you are interested in getting in touch with us regarding our coaching services, you can always head over to our website at www.thebodybuildingdietitians.com or you can just Google search The Bodybuilding Dietitians or just find it in any of the show notes below or the links in our Instagram bios. And like we always say, we don't just coach physique athletes, we do coach anyone with a health and fitness related goal. So without further ado, cracking into this Q&A. Now this first question says, do you count the calories in spices? How meticulous do you get during prep? Cool, so I am assuming the question asker means herbs and spices, Mm -hmm. not just spices. I think the, correct me if I'm wrong, but herbs is basically anything that grows above ground and spices is below ground, is that kind of right? Yes, my friend, that is correct. So yeah, so herbs are like the fresh part of the plant and then spices are like the dried root component of the plant. Mm, And that makes sense looking at basil, that's a herb, whereas something like coriander to ground, like coriander seeds would be a spice. Mm, Or something like paprika or something, right? Yeah. So like a lot of people, I think when they look at herbs and spices, they just think it's purely for flavor, but they might not think about the nutritional component. And we know that different colors of certain foods are associated with their nutrient content. And often having a variety of different colors is beneficial due to the variety of nutrients. And that applies to herbs and spices as well. Like think of turmeric, think of paprika, think of basil. Those are, those are three different colors with different nutrient components. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Like these things are remarkably nutritious, especially something like turmeric, right? Because Mm. that has curcumin in it, which has a lot of antioxidant properties. Mm. And that's why I would always recommend using herbs and spices as opposed to more synthetic flavors. Like, I don't know, the one that just pops to mind is sugar-free maple syrup. Obviously you can't get a natural herb and spice that tastes like maple syrup, but I would always like say having cinnamon in your oats or having some salt, pepper, and paprika in your chili con carne or something like yeah, that. Yeah, or, you know, put some rosemary on your steak. Don't just lather that thing in ketchup. <laughs> <laughs> totally. So I guess to answer the question, do we track them? Ooh, yeah. So that's the thing, right? I feel like spices, they do have an in-between, right? And like some I will track and some I won't track. And To make this clear, I would only track these things during a competition prep, right? When I am being super meticulous and pretty much trying to take account into every single calorie that is really coming into my body, right? But at any other phase or any other time during my life, man, I am not weighing my fricking spice no matter what (laughs) it is, right? Yeah, I'm even in prep, I won't weigh my spices. They stay very consistent. Like usually I will have some sort of spice for each meal Mm -hmm. so like breakfast cinnamon lunch probably some italian herb mix dinner probably some curry powder that's kind of what it is at the moment and i'll try and just always have the same quantity and yeah let's be honest like i think herbs and spices they will be very similar in calorie composition because they are from plants Mm 
compared to something like chicken parmi spice coat mix, which will contain breadcrumbs, maybe even a little bit of sugar as well. Yeah, exactly. So like there's some that I will justify, right, tracking and some that I won't justify tracking. It's quite interesting, right? Like I feel like anything that's kind of just like a dried leaf right? So whether that's something like some rosemary or some thyme or some basil, man, I'm not tracking my freaking leaves. All right. I don't even track my green leafy veg, right? So certainly not tracking the sprinkle of rosemary on my steak by no means. But interestingly, like I will justify tracking some things. Like I just consistently have them in a meal on my fitness pal. So for example, paprika, I'll track paprika, but I won't track my cinnamon. So <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why, like, I just decide to do that. But I think you brought up a really important point that as long as you keep it consistent. Yeah. And also, I don't think that the reason why someone doesn't get complain is because they ate a little bit too much cinnamon in their oatmeal. You know mm. what I mean? <laughs> totally. I think it's down to personal preference. And maybe if you are varying the spices frequently, like if you do change it up every week or if you use different quantities, like one... Let's say you're having eggs on toast for breakfast and you only use salt and pepper. But then the next week you have oatmeal and you have like one to two teaspoons of cinnamon in there. Mm -hmm. Like that is going to be slightly different. So That is cinnamon. Yeah, a lot of cinnamon. <laughs> <laughs> or even some people might even use cinnamon, cinnamon sugar and not realize it or stuff <laughs> like that. I don't know. But I think if you're changing it more frequently, then yeah, you probably should track it. But since we are both really consistent, we kind of stick to the same stuff spice wise then i think it's okay yeah absolutely i couldn't agree more but just watch out yeah for the certain type of spices that you are using so for example again like anything that's like a dried leaf man like if you're really tracking your leaves i feel like you're splitting hairs you know whether mm. that's a spice whether that's a fresh leaf like again the reason why you do or you don't get in condition for a bodybuilding show isn't because you ate a little bit of extra rosemary or a little bit of extra cinnamon or you ate one extra kale leaf all right like if you're getting down to that point right you've got bigger things to worry about for sure but there are certain type of spices that certainly would be more caloric than others so for example per gram, right? I would argue that something like rosemary would be much less calorically dense compared to something like curry powder, right? Mm. Always read the back of the ingredient list. Like if it's literally just a hundred percent rosemary, you're like, okay, sweet. Like, and I'd argue, isn't that basically just fiber anyway? Yeah, you know? it would be mostly fiber. But if you're tracking something like, yeah, something like curry powder, you know, they usually add a lot of rice flour to that. Some of these spice mixes, they actually put like rice bran oil or other oils. Mm. You'd be surprised. The reason why your spice mix tastes so good is because they do add sugar to a lot of yeah. these things. Even savory spices, they will add mm. sugar to those things. So read yeah, the ingredients. It's, it's interesting you say that because I have started using curry powder recently because I like it a lot. And there are two main brands at Woolies. Like one is Keen's curry powder, I think. And I use the other brand because the Keen's curry powder, they do, it does actually include rice flour. And I mm -hmm. think it's like number one or two in, on the ingredients list. Whereas the one I use is just, I hope it's right, but it, it doesn't include any sort of flour or oils or anything like that. Yeah, absolutely. And that's the thing, like even just keep it consistent, right? But 
we all kind of know like as you go through prep you might start adding a little bit more right like if you do have a like some oatmeal you might just purposely start adding like some Mm. more cinnamon on there and not accounting for it or if you have an omelet or a stir fry you might start adding a little bit more curry powder something like that so the thing i'll finish up on is like the for people who don't compete you don't do not need to worry about this at all yeah for dear god don't track your spice bra don't you dare put that thing on the scale (laughs) and if anything we would encourage using herbs and spices as opposed to things like sauces marinades and stuff like that especially if weight loss is your goal yeah just because it's a much lower energy alternative or just for the reason to freaking enjoy your food right and have more flavor variety because a lot of people complain they're like man chicken tastes like crap or Mm, rice vegetables yeah vegetables taste terrible i'm like spice that shiz up and tell me differently right because honestly spices can go a heck of a long way and again but at the same so time when you bite into a vegetable what are you expecting <laughs> <laughs> for me i'm expecting something very salty and full of smoky paprika <laughs> yeah but like it's not gonna like same with i remember making these like back when i was in high school like i would make those health foods that were like higher in protein mm-hmm. lower in fat like it didn't it used applesauce instead of sugar and then like my brothers would tried or my family would try and they're like what is this crap (laughs) and like you can't bite into something that is a health food and expect it to be just as good as the real thing yeah um bar things like the the uncooked sort of vegan delights which end up having more calories than Mm -hmm. the 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 non-vegan thing yeah absolutely boy well (laughs) you know still we still want to encourage people to still eat their vegetables of course yeah (laughs) but i guess i want to ask you like jack are there any other things that you do and don't track i basically track everything Mm -hmm. other than the spices Mm -hmm. as far as i i don't track pre-workout actually yeah i don't track creatine Mm -hmm. and the only other thing is fish oils which i've just kept consistent the whole time yeah what about things like i don't track my coffee i certainly don't track tea either right and again i don't track green leafy vegetables or sweeteners yeah or sweeteners i use like little saccharin sweeteners so they're they don't have any calories in them yeah yeah but i know that some of my clients right because the way that I work is that I actually have everyone on my fitness pal so that whenever I check in with people, I can go through their my fitness pal with them and I can see absolutely everything they're Same. eating and, you know, just break that apart. But some people are very impressively meticulous with their tracking. Like they one, they'll track things just to say like, okay, I do add this to that meal or they track it almost to just remember. But some people do put like, you know, little two sweetener tablets, right? Or people will put like one teaspoon of, you know, dried instant coffee. Some people even put like half a teaspoon of iodized table salt and all of these things don't have any calories, but it's still listed in my fitness pal. Mm, very meticulous. Yeah. Oh, that's another. Yeah. Don't track coffee. Yeah. Yeah. Even though I think it it might have, yeah, of course, unless it has something else in it, but I think it might be like what, two calories or something. Like obviously it has a few calories in it, Mm. but like, again, you're splitting hairs. Mm. The, the, um, increase in sympathetic nervous system might account for those two Mm -hmm. extra calories maybe. Yeah, absolutely. But I would just really focus on the big ticket items, you know, like before you go worrying about whether or not you're eating two or three grams of cinnamon, right? Like make sure everything else is totally fine tuned, right? And you're tracking everything else meticulously before you go, yeah, putting your spices Mm. on the scale. 
Yeah, like if you're weighing your bread in cups, then <laughs> you've got bigger things to worry about. I'm um, no offense, but if you're in comp prep and you are weighing your bread in cups, okay, like you need to have a good discussion with your coach. <laughs> Maybe next season. <laughs> Cool. What's the next question? So this next question, it's a good one. So it says, is drinking 100% fruit juice with no added sugar a viable substitute for actual fruit? Yeah, this is interesting. Mm -hmm. So I guess instinctively I want to say no. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, because it isn't. And like we can we can break that down for you. Like one, when you when you leave something in a bottle or expose it to sunlight and the longer you leave it in something, the more it will oxidize. And when something oxidizes, it reduces its nutritional value, mm-hmm. especially for certain nutrients like vitamin C, which are much more susceptible to oxidation. And guess what? Fruit's really high in vitamin C. And guess what? The flesh of fruit, so like the actual peel, is actually usually very high in vitamin mm. C compared to the pulp. Yeah, definitely. The fr- the Something interesting about the skin, we actually did a post on this in TBD, is that it is much higher in dietary fiber, not just your typical nutrients like vitamin C, but also like anthocyanins and antioxidants Mm. too. Yeah, that's the thing, right? So like imagine a plum, right? So imagine you had a queen garnet plum and it was really nice and purple, but then you know how sometimes you see a plum and it has like a little bit of red on it, Mm. right? So those are the anthocyanins. So anthocyanins are a type of phytonutrient. Or if, if a plum is red on the outside and then orange in the inside like they're Mm. two different nutrient compositions yeah these different colors right but it's really neat because these different colors on the peel right they do have different properties like antioxidant properties in them but if you were to just juice something like if you were to make plum juice right and the way that you actually juice something is you put the whole fruit into a juicer but then you squish it down and you really just get the fluid from it you Mm. might get a little bit of pulp but really what you're leaving out is all of the fiber from yeah. the peel and a lot of the fiber from the pulp. And with that comes a heck of a lot of these nutrients, right? A lot of the vitamin C, a lot of the folate, a lot of the potassium and vitamin K, all of these wonderful things that unfortunately you're leaving behind in the blender, mm. right? It's like just drinking cereal milk. You don't actually get the the cereal. Yeah, exactly. But the thing is you get a buttload of the calories, yeah. right? And also it's going to be so much more caloric because let's say that you had one cup of plum juice, right? How many plums would you actually need to eat to have equivalated Mm. to that plum juice? Maybe like five or six plums, depending on the size of your plum. Who the heck eats five or six plums in one go? You know what I mean? Well, I guess if you're a real plum fanatic, Mm. but you're going to feel so much different from a satiation point of view, eating five or six plums compared to drinking one cup of plum juice. You're going to get a lot more calories, but you're going to get a lot less fiber, a lot Mm. less nutrients. And unfortunately, you're just not going to feel nearly as satiated because of that. And also we have to think about satiation. It does start in the mouth with mastication, right? When we're actually chewing food and taking the time to properly eat, that actually helps with signaling certain appetite hormones to actually tell us that, hey, you know, you've had some food, you're satiated. But if you just gulp down a drink, you kind of skip out on that component of Mm. digestion. Yeah, I actually initially interpreted this question as they were just blending fruit. Mm. And if you're just blending it, that's the same as eating it. Oh, yes. There's no, there's no problem with blending it and then drinking it. Mm. That would like, let's say if you want to have some orange juice, if you just chuck some oranges in a blender, obviously without the peel and (laughs) blend it, then that's great. Mm -hmm. You, you, You can have that. But as soon as you juice it, 
that's when you remove the skin and the pulp and, and the, the fibrous content. And I guess one final point to consider is the blood glucose spike you'll be getting. Oh, yeah. Because basically the, the addition of fiber to foods will help reduce that high blood glucose spike. Mm-hmm. But if you're just consuming, it's just the, the sugar of the fruit, mm-hmm. then there's nothing going to be there to slow down that blood glucose spike. Absolutely. Right. And it's so much more like compact as well. You mm-hmm. know, it's a lot more energy dense again for the total volume of food that you would have consumed compared to now the fluid that you're drinking, right? It's, it is very caloric and a much higher proportion mm-hmm. of it would be the sugars. Yeah. And the, something that's interesting is that the Australian dietary guidelines, fruit juice used to be on the the recommendations mm-hmm. or the like the healthy eating plate or whatever it is, but that's I think quite a few years ago now they've taken that off. Yeah. For good reason. Yeah, absolutely. Like- so like drinking, basically I would associate drinking, because there's a difference between fruit juice and fruit drink. Mm-hmm. I think fruit drink has added sugar to it, yeah. whereas fruit juice is just the juice. But that is similar to... I would say almost like a soft drink. Yeah. I think they've even done comparisons like that, you know, like where they do compare like something like a Coke and then they compare Gatorade and then they compare, you know, apple juice or something Mm. all have pretty darn high amounts of sugar in them. Yeah. Right. And yes, arguably apple juice might have a few more nutrients in it too, but you do have to take total calories into account. So I guess we would be big advocates for eating your fruit or blending your fruit in something like a smoothie Mm. or some ice cream or something rather than juicing it. Or hell, if you want to juice it, then maybe just eat the pulp, pulp, get a big spoon, man, get amongst it. (laughs) Wow. That would be interesting. I don't reckon it would taste that bad because like... In comp prep, it wouldn't. (laughs) Yeah. Anything tastes good, right? Even fried cucumbers. But uh, no, I think that even if you had some fruit pulp, right, you could do something with that. Put that on some toast. Mm, Maybe you could actually put it into ice trays and make like some fruit pulp ice cubes or something and then put that into something later. Yeah. Ice cream. Yeah. But uh... Yeah, Try to be like, you know, one of the Native American Indians or something like that. You know, use every part of the fruit, just like mm. how they'd use every part of the animal. You know, nothing goes to waste. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've never personally been a big fan of juice just because for the same reason as soft drink. Like, mm-hmm. I'd rather just eat it. Yeah. I'd rather eat things and I'd rather just drink water. Mm. Yeah. Cool. Let's move on. Okay. So this next question says, thermic effect of food considerations when seeing meal plans. Interesting. Okay, so I guess we should pretty much define what the thermic effect of food means. So the thermic effect of food is essentially the amount of calories that it actually requires to, you know, digest and metabolize and absorb certain nutrients, right? When you eat certain types of foods. And if we were just basing this off macronutrients, right? Roughly, you know, for the amount of calories that you consume through protein, around 30% of those calories will actually just be used in the digestion and absorption and metabolization process, right? So protein does have the highest thermic effect of food compared to something like carbohydrates or fats. Carbohydrates, obviously depending on the fibrous component of that carbohydrate source, It's anywhere between, I think, like 7 to 10%, right, of the calories from carbohydrates. And then fats have the lowest thermic effect of food. So anywhere between 1% to 3% of fatty acids, which kind of makes sense, right? Because it is quite easy for the body to absorb and utilize fats. Mm. Yeah, and I guess this arises the debate or the frequent question, which I used to ponder over far too much when I was worried about 
like my weight and stuff was, is a calorie just a calorie? Mm -hmm. And like, that's when I was kind of getting more into the, if it fits your macros, like, okay, does it matter if I really eat all these whole foods or can I just eat, I don't know, white bread and ice cream to get in all my calories? Mm -hmm. But I feel like looking at it that way, when we look back, right, it is looking at it from a one dimensional view. Yeah. Right. Because yes, a calorie is a calorie because a calorie, well, a calorie is a calorie, right? Because that's just what a calorie is, right? But doesn't it depend on the food source? No, I think you can because go, you can, eat, you can have, be right both ways, I think. I think a calorie is a calorie, right? It's kind of like saying like wood is wood, right? It's nothing else. It ain't steel, right? <laughs> but the thing is, is that like a food is not another type of food, right? So mm. even though a food may have similar amount of calories compared to another type of food, right? Like if you were comparing something like an apple, you know, like a large apple might be like 25 grams of carbs versus some jelly beans, which also might be 25 grams of carbs. Let's say both of these foods are predominantly just carbohydrates. They both have around 100 calories in them, right? Yes, they both have 100 calories worth of energy within those foods, but that still doesn't mean that an apple is equivalent to jelly beans, right? Mm. They are their both when, unique individual foods that are going to be metabolized and absorbed and digested in very different ways when you eat them. Yeah. And when, let's say an apple is 25 carbs, so a hundred calories or give or take whatever mm -hmm. the protein and fat is in that <laughs> apple, but they don't actually factor in the thermic effect of food. So yeah. that is why, eating 100 calories worth of apple versus 100 calories worth of jelly beans, it's not the same. No. Because of the thermic effect of food. And that's why it is something that people overlook, although it isn't that significant. Mm -hmm. Like we're not talking about, okay, you can, you can lose weight significantly just by changing what you eat in that sense. Like, yeah. Uh, I think so. For the thermic effect of food, they say that it equates to roughly 10% of your total daily energy expenditure, mm. right? But again... With that graph, you know how it's like 50% is BMR, 10% thermic effect of food, so on and so on from exercise and meat, right? I feel like, yeah, I don't know. I have issues with those numbers because everyone's so different. Mm. Like I might eat a buttload more vegetables than the person sitting next to me. So my thermic effect of food might be higher. I might also do a hell of a lot more exercise and vice versa. So yeah, anyway. Yeah, I guess I'll <laughs> give my take on the thermic effect of food in terms of meal plans. I don't, again, I'm not going to use like meal plans. I'm just going to use like just what you eat day to day because mm -hmm. like it doesn't necessarily have to be a meal plan, but, and for example, we don't make that many meal plans no. either. So basically I don't factor it in at all. Mm -hmm. And that's just because I hit my nutrition fundamentals with myself and my client. So sure. If someone was just having white bread, white rice, chicken breast, and, and ice cream and lollies and stuff, mm -hmm. that would be very different to someone who is having a good, varied diet with fruits, vegetables, whole grains. So the fact that I do can hit all the nutrition fundamentals, like six serves of veg, two serves of fruit a day, whole grains, lean protein sources, dairy, all that stuff, it means that the thermic effect of food is gonna be there regardless. Exactly, it takes care of itself, right? Mm. And that's the thing, like we don't approach someone's diet from a point of view like let's maximize <laughs> the thermic effect of food. It's more let's maximize their nutritional intake, right? And let's make this person just hella healthy, all right? So that's the thing, right? If you're eating from a well-balanced, nutritious diet, then the thermic effect of food is gonna take care of itself. Undoubtedly, yeah. I don't think 
like it's as you said like when i'm constructing something when i'm looking at my day of eating i'm i'd thermic effect of food isn't my number one thing to address yeah exactly and you know you're not like researching all these articles and you're not like oh like you know would broccoli make them burn an extra calorie compared to green beans there's like what Mm. should i recommend to this person it's more like no do you prefer broccoli or green beans oh cool you like both why don't we have both Mm. man yeah i think the best way to describe it it's more of a side effect of doing the right things with your nutrition it's not something you need to address like like protein intake and distribution you don't need to like we kind of base our day around protein distribution and protein intake Mm -hmm. we don't base our day around the thermic effect of food so Yeah, yeah absolutely and again going back to what you said about flexible dieting right how people will argue like an apple is equivalent to jelly beans as long as calories are equated. Again, that's looking at it from a very one-dimensional view because you're only taking energy density into account, right? You're not taking actual micronutrient density into Mm. account, which matters a hell of a lot in the long term, all right, for your health. Yeah. But you know, this actually has me thinking, right? Something else that you might do from a dietary standpoint, depending on what phase you're in, right? Like depending on whether you are dieting, whether you're in a maintenance phase, whether you're trying to gain some weight, is that if you make certain dietary changes, that will almost unintentionally change the thermic effect of food, right? So I guess an example of this would be, let's say that you're making a big vegetable stir fry, right? And like I always talk about, if you really wanna maximize the absorption of certain nutrients in your vegetables with fat-soluble vitamins, you need to add a little bit of dietary fat to those meals. So let's say you're making a big vegetable stir fry, right? And it's got some lean meat in there and you need to add a fat source, all right? Let's say you could just add some extra virgin olive oil, right? That would be pretty easy. Or let's say that, you know, you're dieting and you kind of feel like, oh, if I just add oil, I don't even kind of notice it's there, right? I'm just kind of adding the calories. I want to feel like I'm eating a little bit more. So perhaps instead of adding some olive oil, you add some whole olives, right? Or maybe you add some cashews or some different types of nuts. Or what you've recently started doing with your vegetable stir fries is actually adding whole eggs. Mm. Instead of olive oil, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So if you're making little dietary changes like that, it will almost unintentionally change the thermic effect of food. But also I find just from a psychological standpoint, like if I'm eating a big stir fry full of vegetables and there's a few cashew nuts in there or like a few whole olives or something, I feel like I'm eating more, even though technically- I think only you would put olives in a stir fry there. I don't know, I've got some of my clients getting get amongst the olives, right? But it's awesome, right? Maybe not a stir fry, maybe maybe Spaghetti a, a salad, a salad with whole, uh, whole green olives mm. in it, right? That would be delicious. But, you know, that might actually increase the thermic effect of food. Because again, sure, you might add two teaspoons of olive oil and get, what, 10 grams of fat from that. Or you might add a bunch of nuts and some olives and get 10 grams of fat from that. You still get 10 grams of fat, but the calories are still going to be different from the thermic effect of food because those nuts or those olives, right, they're going to have a lot more fiber in them. And it's going to take your body a few more calories to break those things down. Mm. Yeah, and at the same time, I would, I'm just here on the sideline saying, mm-hmm. I don't think it really matters to look at food like that. Mm-hmm. Like everything you've just mentioned has different nutrient composition. Yeah. So I think that's what matters most. Yeah, oh, absolutely. And variety. You know, variety, for sure. But yeah, I guess just 
Something interesting to note though. Secondarily, you know, you might be burning an extra calorie or two, but that shouldn't necessarily be the reason why you're adding cashews instead of olive oil. It should really be a preference thing, right? Mm. Because, you know, the thermic effect of food is never going to outweigh, right, the amount of actual calories you're going to burn from doing something like resistance training or going on an extra walk or something right like that right like again we are splitting hairs here mm. so really it's about focusing on obviously calories are king but also micronutrient density of certain foods and variety in your diet really really matters too yeah totally cool well we'll end the episode as per usual on something that we each learned this week so i'll let tiara kick that off Okay, so I learned this week that not everything, you know, is a pseudoscience. 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 <laughs> pseudoscience spelt with a P, right? I fell down the stairs about two weeks ago and I got this nasty bruise on my butt, which absolutely sucked, right? Because whenever I do a back pose for my bikini shots for IFBB, right, I just have, I look like I've been bitten by a snake or something. Like, it ain't pretty. And knowing me, whenever I get a bruise, it hangs around for like a good four or five weeks. Like it takes a long time to recover. And right now I'm four and a half weeks out from my first show. But anyway, all of these people actually recommended this type of cream to me, right? And it's called Arnica. So you can buy it in a cream form or you can even take Arnica tablets. It's like this type of medicinal herb. Anyway, I gave it a go and it actually freaking works, right? For the first time in my life, I've been applying like this stuff to this bruise every single day, right? A couple times a day and it's gone now. In two weeks, it's gone. That's the first time that's ever happened to me. So guys, if you are out there and you do something silly, like fall down the stairs in the rain, right? Or you just bump into something and you get a bruise, go to the chemist and get some Arnica cream, or you can get some Arnica tablets too. I haven't personally tried the tablets. I just know the cream works and it will really speed up the healing process for that bruise. So Mm. get amongst it, right? It is a total game changer, especially if you are like a prep brain like me and very clumsy. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I didn't know about that. So I learned something too. Yeah. It it really works. You know, I'm a fan. Well, something that I learned this week was in regards to like weighted vest training Mm -hmm. and how it applies to different like sports. So for example, let's say like high jump and long jump, like obviously they, one wants to jump high, the other one wants to jump further. And it's not always about how much you can add on with the weighted vest. Like, okay, how far can I jump using a 50 kilo weighted vest? It's sometimes you have to use lighter weights to get more results because at the end of the day they're they're so heavily based on technique and if you're using like a 50 kilo weighted vest your technique is going to change drastically that is a really heavy vest man that's like 50 pounds then whatever (laughs) but that's like holding a small human being right and trying to jump around (laughs) so what's going to be more efficient or effective is using like a five a weight vest that's five to ten percent of your body weight and then basically doing that for practice mm. and I found that quite interesting and it, it does make a lot of sense like even a golf swing like instead of like having a 10 kilo golf is it a golf bat or <laughs> clearly we are not golfers <laughs> it's a golf club golf club that's it, that's it. <laughs> golf bat <laughs> and I was just thinking of bat swing bat a big swing bat about a swing <laughs> So, or a baseball bat, that's a better analogy. Instead of like a 10 kilo baseball bat, you might just add like, I don't know, half a kilo or less onto the bat 
and and then you might be able to swing harder and faster uh-huh. in the game. Absolutely. Otherwise, you're going to be like that troll from Lord of the Rings, you know, who he's like trying to swing around that big wooden thing with the spikes on it, right? I think his technique was a bit compromised during oh, that movie. Oh, yeah, in the, in the um, mines, yeah. Yes, <laughs> the troll. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't be not, that. Is he, is he a troller or is he an orc? I'm pretty sure he's a troll. Mm, no, the orcs. If... No, you know. I thought you know Lord of the Rings more than me, don't you? Yeah, I didn't know where that there were trolls though. I'm pretty sure it's a troll. You know, the orcs are those. They're like the human size, but they're real ugly. Mm. Yeah, real ugly. Yeah, real ugly. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, guys, that's the end of this episode. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in for episode 103. If you did enjoy it, please remember to take a screenshot, post it to your Instagram stories, tag Jack, tag myself, tag the bodybuilding dietitians, and we'll catch you next week. See ya.